If you would come to 1 John, the fourth chapter, 1 John, fourth chapter. I'm not going to bore your patience today, but man, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is in this place. I'm glad I came to church today. You know, some folk don't come to church on fifth Sunday. They don't come to church on fifth Sunday. They say, I got on, 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 on fifth Sunday, that's my time. Fifth Sunday, I get to do what I want to do if I want to stay home. But the other four Sundays, I might get over. But that fifth Sunday, that's my Sunday. I ain't coming to church on fifth Sunday. Well, you show Mr. Goodwin today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First John, fourth chapter. We've been in a series, Church Renew. Say that with me, Church Renew. For the whole year, we've been saying renew in 2022. Somebody wonder what's 2023 going to be like when you have to come on New Year's uh, Eve and find out. All right? But today we want to end our series of church renew. We want to end it with these three words, the loving church. Say that with me, the loving church. If you're writing, that's the subject today, the loving church. If you have your phones, all you have to do is download, download the app, the winning church, and you can find the notes within that app, okay? You'll see one that says notes, so you won't have to, yeah, have the scriptures there for you and everything. We try to make it, you know, easier for you. Then you can go back and have your own Bible study, you and your family. The Loving Church. So the question was asked, as we've been doing these series for this month of October, what is a church? Is it a place for the religious and the ceremonial? Is it a place for history and tradition? Is it a place for socializing and cliques, or is it a place where the love of God is known? Those are the questions. What is a church? Now, we understand that a church is not solely an, organiz uh, an organization, is not just a building, is not just a place where people gather. It is an organism. It is alive. Why is that so? Because you are considered the church. You're the ecclesia. You are the called out one. So God pulled us out because we are the church. You could have this building standing here all day long. It would not be considered a church unless the people are in there. Are you following me? Now, what you're in, ladies and gentlemen, don't get me wrong, is a church building. It was built for church. In other words, for the people who is the called out ones to gather together in unity. First John, the fourth chapter, verse 7. says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Don't get it twisted. Some folks say love is love. No, that's not correct. For God is love. Say that with me. God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Wherein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be a perpetuation for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us. We ought also to love one another. Now, he gave us instructions right there, right? Verse 12, no man has seen God at any time. 
folks say they don't see the Lord, well, praise the Lord. If we love one another, God dwells in us. And his love is perfected in us. Hereby know that we, that we dwell in him. And he in us. Because he have given us of his spirit, the big S. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Y'all see how that works? And we have known and believed the love that God have to us. God is love. He said this again. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. Oh, I see now. And God in him, wherein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. And he that feareth is not made perfect in Love. Now, we know this month they're promoting fear, and fear is not of God. We love him because he what? First loved us. Verse 20. If a man say, I love God, listen to this now, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, you see him every day. How can he love God whom he have not seen? Ooh, that's a great question. Great question. When was the last time that you heard someone going on about how great church was last week? They were filled with joy and there was a sense of excitement. Kind of like what we just experienced. The spirit was moving and it felt like everyone had made a connection with Jesus. And the truth is, more often than not, if the subject of the church comes up, that people are complaining about the service. People often tend to have a negative view of the church. Do, uh, are you in agreement with me? Yeah. Most folk in America got a negative view of the church. They are right with the world, fine and sumptuously, but when the church do something great, they try to find something wrong with that. And when it comes down to the real world, it has no idea who we are and why we are and who we are. Because, as the Bible eloquently put it, we are peculiar people. Look at somebody and say, I'm peculiar. Yeah, say, I'm strange. No, let's make it better. Say, I'm unique. Because we that's what the Bible said. We're peculiar. We don't act like everybody else. 
Y'all just seen our peculiarity just a few minutes ago. We acted strange a few minutes ago. That, that's called holla. You know, that means act clamorously foolish. That's what y'all saw us doing. Running and dancing down here in the front and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, hollering back at me. I'm hollering at you when we were singing the winning song. We act strange. We act peculiar. We're excited about life. Now, don't get it twisted. We're not the only one to act strange because in a few minutes now, some of them, don't, they don't have to be at the game. They could be in front of the TV, and they're going to be hollering at the TV. They're not even at the game. They're going to holler at the TV. I think that's kind of strange, hollering at something that can't talk back to you. And hollering at the referees, and they can't even hear you. You calling them all kind of sorry bums. You missed the call and everything. They can't hear you. We're not the only one to act strange. I'd be like, oh, you guys are a little strange. Then you're going to call me strange? When I give God the praise, when I want to give him a, huh? When I want to give him a holla. Man, they better leave me alone. Hmm. Yeah. There was a story about an older sister was sitting next to her younger brother in church on Sunday morning unsuccessfully trying to keep him still and quiet. And finally, she said, I wish you would calm down. He said, I can't. It's just so boring. And his sister turned and said, it's supposed to be boring. Now, it didn't that sad? It's sad that so many people have the same impression that when they come to church that it isn't anything here to bring joy into their lives. They come to church expecting it to be boring. Expecting you to get a one, two, three, A, B, C, M, O, U, S, E, and we go on home. But let's talk for a few minutes about the perfect church. But before we can do this, we have to answer the question, what is church? If I were to ask you that question, what would be your answer? Now, I'm looking for short answers, of course. And so what words come to mind when I say church? Some words come to mind for some people, boring. Some people, what come to mind, irrelevant, out of date, hypocritical. I ain't going to cheer all them hypocrites down. Well, if you, if you so many hypocrites, go, go down there and show them how to live right. Since you so bad, go down there and show all of them how to do it. So if you can't do it, then that means you get in line because you're a hypocrite yourself. You're hypocritical by talking about hypocrites. Because if you were so hypocritical, you wouldn't be talking about it. You'd be about about it. Or what would you say that in, the, in, in, a, in a place, you know, when you say church, you would say the word joy, huh? The word hope, the word love. Does that describe your church? Love, companionship, caring. These are the one word answers I'm talking about. And so, well, the truth is there are no perfect churches. No matter where you go. You may not like the winning church. I don't care if you go down there to the, uh, you know, the deep freeze, you know, plucked up twice, uh, dead on the side, 
you know, on the ground church, you're not going to like that one either. So you're going to find things that you don't like when you go to church. And you're going to find things, you know, that you like. There are things that you like. There's some things that you don't like. I went over there and they're just so cold over there, just freezing me out. I went over there. The air conditioning wasn't working. It was so hot in there. I ain't going back there. It was so hot in there. See, we go, you're going to find something. And our job is to try to help you not find anything by being the Christians that God has made us. See, you can go to a mega church, the kind with the band and the contemporary music and everything, you know. You can drive all the way to Dallas or to California, wherever you're going to go, you know, and you can see and be a part of the lights and the choirs. Ooh, look at those screens. Look at everything. I just look. And all the technological technology stuff that, that goes with it, and maybe this is what you like. You like all them lights and flashes and everything else like that. And when you left, your response to the question would be, yeah, praise God, this is the church. But another person's response may be, you know, uh, they call this noise music. <laughs> that ain't no church. One people, oh, I like it loud. Some say, oh, they were just too loud. Look how y'all looking at me. So what is a church? Today in the United States, there are a lot of churches that are more extreme than the one that I just described. These churches come in a variety of different uh, atmospheres. Uh, they come in different types, styles, uh, flavors, and expressions. But at the same time, all of these churches call themselves a church. There are churches in a pub. There's churches in a, in a you know, cafe, a cafe church, a goth church, a internet church. I mean, you can get church, 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 church. And I'm not knocking... None of that, the internet church or nothing like that, because, you know, our 8 o'clock service is strictly, you know, online. And that is done on purpose, with purpose for those uh, that are the sick and shut in, those that are working, those that can't get away, you know, and so forth and so on. But that is not for those that are, you know, healthy as a horse. And you can gallop yourself right on down here. But you decide to stay at the house. <laughs> I stay right here. Put your horseshoes on and come on down to the church. <laughs> there are quiet churches, loud churches, traditional churches, contemporary churches, right? cultural churches, right? They emphasize their ethnicity. How y'all got quiet? So with all this in mind, what exactly is church? How do we as a people define church? Is it something we come to do on a Sunday that has a definite order of service? One that has a distinctive style of worship or type of preaching. Because some folks, you know, they are really fond of their liturgical form of worship. And we do have worship different ways. 
That is true. Some use hymnals, some don't. Some sing short songs, some sing long songs. Some get into the song, some don't get in at all. Hallelujah. They know that their song is going to end in 30 seconds. Right? And so we, 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 we look at church and what we have, uh, as we was reared as children and what we've grown accustomed to, we begin to define that as church. If you had a preacher that hoop, you know, you about know when Reb get ready to close. Right? When he said, and God. Said in his word. Mm-hmm. So you about to know that he getting ready to wrap that up, right? My brothers and my sisters. All right. So you you know, we we kind of some of us we kind of you know, and some of us like the teaching style where we get the, you know, the teaching and you know, we get points and and you know, we get to write, we get to oh man, that was good. I like that. Then some of us like to teach, preach, you know, uh, you know, some of us like, you know, well, we do, you know, uh, expository preaching, right, topical preaching, subject preaching, all these kind of, you know, ways that we can deliver the word. But maybe, but at the same time, church is more than that. Maybe church is where you come to catch up on all the latest news and the gossip. Now that happens, you know. You know, every week that's what happens. Some some, some churches, you know, kind of social club, you know, that, that's what they deem it as. It's like a social club, you know, where you come get the hookup. You know, if I, if whatever I need, I'm gonna go go shop at church. And I don't care if it's good or bad; I can find it. At church. <laughs> huh? Hallelujah! Some folk come to hook up with a man. Some come hook up with a woman. Some came come to hook up with the same in some churches. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Maybe church is a place for the great ceremonial occasion, the rituals, the performances, you know, to hatch them and match them and dispatch them, you know. Maybe it's for baptism. Maybe it's for weddings. Maybe it's for funerals. The great ritual moments of life. Maybe, but... At the same time, church is more than that. Maybe church is a place that is filled with history and tradition. That no matter what, nothing can ever be changed or to tamper with because this is the way we do it, Rab. You don't change nothing over here. You know what they're going to do before they do it. They pull the chair out, they go around, shake a few hands in the front, and then they get down on their knee and they say, Lord, I want you to just uh, remember your spirit because I'm bowing down on my bending knee. Just to stop. Uh, you already know that, don't you? <laughs> See? Yeah, they already know what they're going to say. Because we have always done it that way and we don't want anything different because this is our tradition. And if we change it, the mystery of the faith would, would be lost. Some think that way. And now there is... No better example of a church 
filled with history and tradition. And the one day a tour group was being shown a historical church and they were shown all the symbols of its richest history. They saw the place where the monarchs were crowned and to visit the tombs and the memorials. And it was a wonderful trip backwards uh, in time. But at one point during the tour, a member of the group uh, raised their hand and asked the guide an interesting question. She said, sir. There is, this is all fine. I love what I see. But has anybody been saved here lately? We're building fancier buildings. But are people getting saved? That's a good question for any church, isn't it? But has anybody been saved here lately is what the young lady said. And we have need to understand today that this is, we are so much more than ceremonial. We are so much more than history. So much more than a narrow vision. We are so much more than the hatchet, matchman, dispatcher. We are more than that. My wife was uh, sharing with me uh, seven things that will keep me coming back to your church. Seven things will keep me coming back. See, we, we, got, to, we got to regroup. Post-pandemic, we got to regroup. Because there are people that saying they ain't never coming back. There are some that ain't, ain't come, you know, they didn't come before the pandemic, and they're definitely not coming now. But if they do come, and we have some people that show up today, Things that would keep me coming back to your church. Y'all want me to share with you right quick? Number one, they said the reason why a lot of times they don't come back is because you refuse to see me. I came and sat down and you act like I wasn't even there. You know I was visiting your church. You know I was new. You've been there all the time and you sit right there and you refuse to even look at me. You, 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 it was like I was invisible you. When people come to church, don't act like they're not there. They're not coming back if you like, like they're not there. Have you ever went to a restaurant and look like they're just serving everybody else and they pass right by you? Some of y'all done said it. What kind of service is this? I won't be like him. They act like they don't see me. I, I, know, I, I know we came in before them. Come on now, some of y'all done said it. You ain't been back, have you? Maybe that's what happened to the winning church. You were sitting right there. The pastor couldn't come out there and sit by him. You, that's what your job is as a member. Number two, you don't offer me a smile. I sat, I sat there, came to your church, and you didn't even smile. Everybody looked like they were mad. Looked like all their relatives died at the same time. Number three, you neglect offering me help. I came in with three children. You didn't tell me that we got children in church. You didn't tell me where the restroom were. You didn't tell me where the, you know, where the children, where, what the pastor's going to do. You know, okay, now he's going to call for children church at this time after the praise and worship. So I just want you to just hold tight. Didn't, didn't offer me nothing. You think they're going to come back? Some of y'all come here Sunday after Sunday. Don't offer nobody anything. Look how quiet he's getting up in here. I ain't scared of you. 
Number four, abstain from introducing yourself to me. You, I came in, you didn't even introduce yourself to me. I sat right there by you. I didn't know you, you didn't know me. You didn't introduce yourself. Hello, how are you today? I'm Harvey B. What? I thank you. This is your first time worshiping with us? Yes, I've been here for a few years. And man, listen, I love it. It's just wonderful. Introduce yourself. Man, people come up in here today. Did you introduce yourself? Maybe, maybe they came here for the first time. Maybe been here a second time. I see some faces that I'm not familiar with. Did you introduce yourself? Now, Pastor, why are you going to do that to me like that today? Number five, forget that I'm a person that you want to, uh, to, want to uh, be known just like you. I want to be known just like you. Forget that I'm a person. I want to be known just like you. Everybody else know you. They know him. They know them. I want to be known too. But I would never get to be known if you don't say nothing to me. Say a word to me. Well, Bishop, I'm kind of on the quiet side. Ain't that got nothing to do with you being quiet, introducing yourself to somebody. You ain't always quiet. I see you in action when you like something. You ain't quiet about that, are you? If you so quiet, why you on the phone with your lady friend all the time? Or your man friend? Yeah, I don't talk that much. But look, let me look at your phone bill. <laughs> Matter of fact, some of y'all got two phones. I ain't gonna listen, let me leave y'all alone because I'm about to get you in trouble. Number six, ignore my boundaries. I came to your church and you ignore my boundaries. I got boundaries. Don't come all the way up on me. You know, some people still want to wear the mask. Some people still, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, give me that, that space. How, how much space is it? About two feet or whatever like that? Three? Okay. Well, whatever. Y'all want to do six? That's a long ways. Y'all closer than that now. Six feet. Y'all y'all closer than that. About two feet when you're talking to somebody. Right? I mean, you, you know, respect that. Don't, don't, don't ignore my, I, I don't know you yet. I don't know you. And see, some of y'all are huggers. That's okay. That's okay. But when you get new people, just kind of find out whether they like hugs or not. Because some folk, when they come, they don't, they don't, no, don't come up on me like that, Bishop. Well, I, I'm good with that. I bump, I'll give you the fist bump now. I'm good with that. I'll give you the fist bump. You don't, hey, you don't lie on it. Hallelujah. You know, and they teach you how to hug over here and everything. Respect that. So I ain't coming back. Y'all ignore my, y'all just ignore my boundaries. And then finally, you know, I sat by you two Sundays, three Sundays in a row, and you, you, you don't forgot my name. Now, see, that's kind of hard for me and first lady. We can't remember everybody. But if you come to Bible study, we probably going to remember you. And consistently, if you come to Bible study, we probably, but, you know, we don't remember if you come from Sunday to Sunday. Then, you know, you only come on first and third and second and fourth, you know. Or whenever you got the usher, when you got to do the parking lot, we might not, we not, might not remember you. Because one day, I would, the guy said, I'm on the security team. You are. I ain't know you was a member. <laughs> we got non-members on the security team? Right. Right. <laughs> so, but the question still remains. What time I, okay. What is church? And we find the answer in 1 John 4, verses 10 and 11. Y'all ready? 
This is real love. It is not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another and since God lives inside of us, his love is made complete in us. And when we love one another, in other words, this is what he's saying in the scriptures. He's saying a uh, church is a place where the love of God is known, where the love of God is experienced. People need to experience the love of God, where the love of God is expressed among the fellowship. That's what it's all about. It is not about formats and programs and music or styles. It's about love. But what love got to do with it, got to do with it, got to do with it? That's what Tim Turner said, right? What love got to do, got to do? That, you know, she's saying that love was just a second-hand emotion. But according to our text, love got everything to do with it. It's all about love. Say that with me. It's all about love. Hallelujah. It's all about love. And I know some of y'all used to listen to songs I used to listen to. Right? I'm living for the love of you. Who was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know y'all know. Y'all know that was the eyes, brother. Come on, come. We'll be faking out in here. Don't be faking out in here like you don't know. You're in that stage. Come on now. You remember that. Not like you don't know that. You know that. So it's all about love. It sets the foundation for everything we have and everything we are as church. James 2 and 8 says, yes, indeed, it is good when you truly obey our Lord's royal command. Find in scripture. What is it? Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love nobody else if you don't love you. That's why people get an AK-47 and shoot up a whole lot of people because they don't love themselves. And if they shoot them up, they turn the gun on themselves and shoot themselves because they don't love themselves. You didn't like that? First John 3 and 11 says, this is the message we have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. I'm talking about a loving church. This is the commandment that we love each other. Romans 13, they said, pay all your debts except the debt of love for others. You have never finished paying that. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill all the fulfillments of God's law. So church is defined by the love it gives out. Not by how nice the building is. It's by your love that we have for each other. And that's what keeps a lot of us coming back here because we feel the love. 1 Peter 1 and 22, I got some scriptures for you. Now we can have sincere love for each other as brothers and sisters because we were cleansed from your sins when you accepted the truth of the good news. So see it, see to it that you really do love each other intensely with all your heart. 
Now, each one of these scriptures should instruct us about what to do. But if you like your commands to come from a source with a little more authority, look what Jesus said in John 15 and 9. I have loved you even as a father has loved me. Watch this. Remain in my love. I don't understand why you got a jacked up family and marriage. Can I say that? I don't know how you I don't know how how you got all these bad relationships and everything going wrong when he said all you got to do is remain in his love. Cuz you catch more with love than you do hate. Love got a way. Love got a tendency of drawing you to it. And if you're a person of hate Love will cause you, uh-huh, to move away from love because all you want is hate, baby. You can't receive love because you hate yourself. You miserable and you want everybody else to be miserable. We got to take a good look at ourselves in the mirror and say, God, do I love like I should love? Am I loving like you have loved me? Am I remaining in love? Because what love does, love does not uh -huh, do tit for tat. But if you hate me, I love you still. If you do something bad to me, love don't say I'm going to do something bad to you. Love say I'm going to continue being loved. You don't make me do something different when I am love. Love remains love. Look what John 15 and 10 say. Let's walk with it. Let's walk it on down and let's walk it on out. It says, when you obey me, you remain in my love. Uh-oh, there it is right there. We talked that trash, first lady about how we love Jesus and we this and we that. We got all these titles around here and want to be important, important and everything else. And hallelujah, we can't even love the one that we sleep with. I know y'all be, be hating on me when I start talking about relationships. But I'm talking about it anyway. He said, love her like Christ loved the church. Now, if he would have said, love him like Christ loved the church, then I'll say that. But he didn't say that. You think you're in, you think you're in charge anyway? I'm the man. All right, if you are, I want to see how you love. Because if you're the man, you know how to love. Jesus is the man because he know how to love. He loved in spite of, not because of, in spite of what you have done, in spite of what you are doing, in spite of what you go do, what your future look like. He said, I'm going to love you through all of it. Yeah, Reverend, but you don't know my wife. I ain't got to know it. What that got to do with you loving? 
well, you don't know my family. My son hate me. My daughter hate me. My grandchildren don't like me. What that got to do with you loving? So I'm going to tell you something right now. Even though you might love everybody, there's still going to be some folks that don't like you. That's a given. But what that got to do with you? That ain't got nothing to do with you. You don't change if you got love. If you remain in love, you're going to remain the same. You're not going to change because they change. I love Dr. Veronica B., but I'm working on me. So I can stay in love with her, I got to work on me. Because if I don't work on me, I'm going to fall out of love with her. Are y'all feeling me on this? See, I got to work on me so I can stay loving on you all. Because some church folk will talk about you. Talk about you with other church members. Some leadership will talk about you. So I got to work on me so I can stay in love with all of y'all. And you got to stay in love with God so you can stay in love with me when you don't understand me either. What that got to do with you being loving? Huh? People going to be people. That's a given. But he says, no matter what happened, remain in my love. Because my love is greater than your love. If I'm in you and you are in me, you can even love your enemies. It's been said for you to huh, love them that love you and hate them that hate you. But he said, I say. <laughs> he said, do something about Heat coals of fire on the head. Act like they ain't never done nothing to you. And you know my saying, love like you never been hurt. Now that that that's that's now that's one you have to work on right there. You're gonna have to work on that. Now that's serious right there. That's power. Love what? Love like you never been hurt. Uh-uh. I just got hurt yesterday. They hurt me before I came to church, buddy. And you talking about love like you know, you don't know what they did to me. I don't have to know. Amen. Don't let them change your love. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Somebody preaching with me back there, but that's all right. Okay, let me finish reading that. Verse 11 says, I have told you this so that you will be filled with joy. A person who know how to love and got the love of God in them, they always got joy. See, some of you all, you sometimey. One day they got joy, next day they ain't got nothing. Sunday they up here for a little, then when we see them again, oh, what done happened? You see them coming, you be like, oh, God. I don't even want to do, deal with it today. But look what he says now. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. 
Ladies and gentlemen, your joy should be overflowing. I don't care what goes on in your house from day to day or whatever that tries to make you mad, try to make you upset, try to get you to do something you don't really want to do. I'm telling you, your joy should be full to the point that it overflow, that my God, hatred, and anything else cannot stay there. We got so much love in our home that hatred cannot stay there. It runs to the nearest exit. Hallelujah. Y'all let me know what I'm teaching pretty decent. All right, verse 12. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. Oh, Oh, that's real strong right there. How you going to love other people like Christ loved you? He loved us while we were killing him. Every day you disobey, you are crucifying him all over again. He loved you before. In two weeks, you're going to disobey. In two weeks, some of you are going to be at that place of disobedience, and he's going to still love you right there. He already know you're going to do it. He already know you're going to start talking crazy. I ain't going to church. I can't stand her. I can't stand him either. They make me sick. They stepped over me and didn't even say excuse me. What I got to do with you, loving? What I got? What I got to do with you, loving? What I got to do with you, loving? I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. In my heart, I wish you change my husband. I wish you to change him. God, you just got to do something with him. Do something with him. And God looking at you saying, girl, you need to do something with yourself. Yeah, but you don't know the husband that I'm married to. God said, I know. I knew him before I knew you knew him. He said, I can change any heart. He said, the heart of a king is in my hand. I can turn it when I get good and ready. Pardon me now, but just because you got a knucklehead for a husband, that, what that got to do with you? You still, sh- you still should remain in love. Hallelujah. And if they ask you to do something that's not of God, you can real sweetly and lovingly, kindly say, uh, baby, we're not going to do that. That's not of God. Now, what, what leg you got to stand on when you say that's not of God? And especially if they're in the church and they're reading the same Bible you read, they're going to uh-huh, gonna put you under pressure, have, ask you to do something that's not of God. We have pushed so many people away from our pseudo-fictitious so-called spirituality and our self-righteousness and our religiosity. We push so many people away, even in our own home. Them folk not impressed with you saying, I'm a deacon, I'm a, 
I'm a minister, I'm a elder, I'm a bishop, I'm an apostle. I'm a People ain't studying all that. What they are concerned about is how much love you have shown them. The title don't make you, you make the title. You should be doing what that title requires. If you're not doing what that title requires, you just got to handle This how they say. This is what they'll say about you. Yeah, that go deacon. <laughs> that that means you just got a title. Hallelujah. But when they say, "Oh, this is Deacon so and so. Oh, he's a great servant. This is Deacon that so and so. She's a great servant. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look how y'all looking at me. Am I am I okay? Now, are you, are you starting to see a pattern that's starting to develop here? The commandment of the kingdom, the royal law, the proclamation of the king of kings, says that the only real definition of a true church of Jesus Christ is this. One that loves one another as God has loved us. So love defines a church. You will know whether it is a true church or not because of the love that's in that church. Listen, you can fake me out, you can fake a lot of people out, but my God, you can't fake the ones out that go to the house with you and live with you. Bishop, I know you laid his hand on him and gave him license. I know you ordained him and everything else, but he ain't living there at the house. Hallelujah. Now, why you want to pick on the leaders? Because we got to be first partakers. We got to lead by example. So love defines the church. It's not the fact that we meet together on Sundays. It's not the fact that we sing hymns and choruses. And it's not even the fact that, you know, from the time to time, we might get caught praying or reading the scripture or whatever like that. We're supposed to do that. But the only thing that finds us as a church is our love for God and our love for one another. Amen. That's what defines any church. In the love for God and the love for one another. That's it, period. Amen. They can tickle these ivories and strum them strings and beat those skins and play those pipes and dance to the arches fall. And you can speak into a heavenly language that nobody knows. But if you ain't got no love in there, you're like a tinkling cymbal. Hallelujah. And sounding bread. You just making a whole lot of noise. Let me give you a few more scriptures since I already done killed the move. First John 4 20 says, if someone says I love you but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we have not seen? 
And a few verses before this, it tells us this. Verse 7 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8 says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If you don't love, you don't know God, baby. I don't care how much you say you love you, you know God. You don't know God if you don't love. Yeah. I'm not making this up. Look what verse 9 show, God shows how much He loves us by sending His only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. Yeah. Now look what it says. This is real love. Somebody said real love. real love. So in other words, if this is real love, there must be some fake love. Huh? If you got the real thing, you got the fake too, right? Some of y'all been in the military, you know, you know what the real is. You go over to Korea, you get the same thing, look like it, but it ain't a real thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about, amen? Come back with a whole handful of them. It might last you a year. So it's real love. It is not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice, took away our sin. So whatever God said, it's not that you have loved him. He loved you first to show you what love is. Right. And if we as men are a type of Christ and our wives are a type of church, it's not that they love us. God charged us to love them like Christ loved the church. So it is our job to love first. My wife don't love me. What do you do? You love first. And when you love first, it's reciprocated. It comes back to you multiplied. You're trying to make her love you first. All right, well, see, you got to do this and this and this and this to prove that you love me. Oh, no, you ain't got to do none of that. You got to be the one first that show love and all that other stuff will come back multiplied. So you've been thinking all this time that it was the women that you used to date. No, it's been you all the time. My men used to love me, but they ain't too fond of me right now. But I'm just telling you the truth. See, if you don't like the response, change. What you do? If I don't like the response you're giving me, duh. If I do it again and expect something different, that's insanity. So we got a whole bunch of insane people walking around here. Church insane people. Let me tell you something. We can cut out all the counseling if we just love. See, let me make it easy and simple for you. If you just love, we won't have to go to counseling. If you give love, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down. Good measure, press down, shake it together, run. It's going to come back to you, multiply. You give our house, she give you a home. You give her your seed, she give you children. 
You give her groceries, she give you dinner. It always come back multiplied. By nature, men, you give us, and by nature, she's the receiver. You know that. Come on. That's all we just got because you always trying to give us something. <laughs> by nature, she is a receiver. So by nature, if you give her something the right way, she's going to give it back to you multiplied. That's the way she's built. She is a help me. Hallelujah. So if you don't like the response, check out your giving. Duh, it sounds simple. But you know what I found out? That a lot of us let our egos get in the way. I don't want to act like I'm a little pumped. Can I say that? Let me, I, 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 listen, I, listen, maybe I'm just too simple. Maybe, I, maybe it's just me. But how in the world am I going to be pumped when I'm trying to love you like Christ loved the church? How that make you perky? How that make you not a man? Because you know Jesus ain't no man. He was a bigger man than any of all us put together. All I'm saying, one word, if you don't like what you're getting, just change what you're doing. Well, I tried that. And she, how many times you tried? One time. See, this is the thing. No, that's got to become a habit for me. It's got to come, come to the place right here where it becomes you. This is who I am. I'm a loving person with or without you. If you don't want to receive my love, I'm just talking to God, and I know God, he ain't going to just let me just, you know, he going to let it go like this here. So you mess with God's son or you mess with God's daughter, God may remember this right and change things and move somebody out the way. Because obedience and disobedience not going to continue to remain in the same realm. You know what's so strange, so funny? God be trying to give us chances after chance, and we still have a hard head. We still try to justify with it. See, you don't understand. See, this is what I'm talking about right here. See, God ain't saying, I don't want to see nothing. Just do what I tell you to do. <laughs> do you think you know much as God? God know him, and he know her. He know him better than we do. I better finish the scripture because some of y'all done turned mad. Verse 9, I read that. 10, I read that. He said, in verse 10, he said, it, it is not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to turn away our sins. So notice the text doesn't say that God loves, but that God is love. It is not an activity that God likes to do. It is what he is. It's his nature. 
It's in his DNA. It's in his makeup. It's all that he does. He's love no matter what. And one of the most important things that you are ever going to learn in life is that no matter what, God will never stop loving you. It's built in. It's in his DNA. It's in his flow. It's in his blood. And you got to get it down in your blood, down past your bones, the marrow and the joints, and all the way down in your spirit, in the subterranean of your soul, to say, hey, I got love coming up out of me. And so Peter denied being one of the disciples and cursed. But God still loved him and turned his life around. John Mark turned back and quit in the middle of the missionary journey when he was with Paul. But Christ still loved him. And he caused him to be an asset to the church. And the apostle Paul said, he has done well. David committed adultery and murder, but God still loved him. And my God, and I told him, say, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If he had a wallet, your photo would be in it. He send you flowers every spring and a sunrise every morning because God loves you just that much. And whenever you want to talk, he listens. God can live anywhere he wants in the universe, but he choose to live in your heart. He chooses live in my heart. He choose to live in our heart. And let's face it, God is crazy about us. Will you tell somebody God is crazy about us? Come on, look at him and say, God is crazy about you. Tell him again, God is crazy about me. Not only does God does us love to find a church, but our love for one another is a witness to each other. And if we can take the love that God has for us, a love that was demonstrated by Jesus when he came into the world and offered himself as a sacrifice and for the purpose that we might be given eternal life. And if we can take this kind of sacrificial love and demonstrate it to each other, it becomes the greatest form of evangelism for the church and the world will ever see and so the truth is we live in a terrible fallen sinful world a world that is full of hate and greed a world that's full of fighting and war a hopeless and a lovingless world can you say amen and I mean you see all kinds of things going on in the television and all going on in the world uh-huh it's like a jungle sometimes to make me wonder how I keep them going under. And all of this is happening while the rest of the world is watching. And so we live in a society where a lot of people don't even know their next door neighbor. And let alone care about them. Can you say amen? And as I close it out, verse 12 said, no one has ever seen God. But if you, we love each other, God's love is in us. And his love has been brought to full expression through us. And where can a lost world see the love of God? They can see God's love in us, in his body, and in his church. But if we aren't showing love for one another, we might as well pack up and go home. Can you say amen? 
And so our God, for God is demonstrating by the love, our love for one another. Show me a church where there is love, and I'll show you a church that is a power in the community. Can you say amen? And when the church of Jesus Christ today demonstrate that kind of unconditional and sacrificial love for one another, then God is made known to a world that is filled with pain and sin. And if you want to know how closely you are following Jesus, just look uh, at your love for life. Uh, look at how you are loving others. Uh, and if you want to know how closely we are following Jesus as a church, uh, just look at our love life. Uh, look at how we are loving others. Uh, and so as I come to this closing, uh, so one of the last, the, the, one last time, what is a church? Uh, that's my question as I get ready to go to my seat. What is a church? Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you know what a church is now. Now, it's not the brick or the mortar. Uh, it's not the carpet or the seats. Uh, it's not the banners or the instruments. Uh, it's not the furniture or the lights. Uh, but it is the love that we have for one another. Now, can you say amen? Uh, it is a place, my God, something. It is a place for religious and the ceremony. Huh? It is, a, is it a place for history and tradition? Huh? My question is, is it a place for socializing and cliques? Huh? Or is it a place where the love of God is known? Huh? And where the love of God is experienced? Huh? And where the love of God is expressed among the fellowship? Huh? Well, when you walk through those doors, huh, you should experience the love of God. Huh? Matter of fact, when you're in the parking lot, huh, some Somebody should be right there showing the love of God. Uh, and by the time you walk up to that door, uh, somebody should be there to greet you, to feel the love of God. Uh, and by the time you come from out there in the foyer, uh, and those doors open to the main sanctuary, uh, somebody should be right there showing you the love of God. Uh, and by the time you get to your seat, uh, somebody should be sitting beside you saying, welcome to the winning church uh, where the love of God never fail. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, and by the time you get in here and get into praise and worship, uh, now you feel the aura and the spirit and the presence of the Lord, uh, that the love of God is in this house. Uh, and by the time you feel that and they ask for the visitors stand up uh, and somebody come by and shake your hand uh, or give you an air five or give you a little hug, my God, you should know that the love of God God is in this church. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, when you come to the house of God uh, and your head is hung down, uh, by the time you leave this place, uh, you should know that the love of God is in this place. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, and by the time you hear the word of God, uh, and you might not have felt so good, uh, but by the time you got challenged by the word of God, uh, you knew that God loved you uh, because of the word that you received can you say amen you didn't get a word that tickled your ears you didn't get a word that did not challenge you but I went to the house of God and I got challenged with the word of God and I knew I was loved because of the people that were in the congregation can you say amen and God gave me a word 
that was assigned to my name. God gave me a word that reached way down in my spirit that I knew there was nobody but God. And they were speaking directly to me. I know God loved me because when I didn't have a dime, somebody slipped up beside me and gave me a little something, something. I know God loved me when I got there my God at the grocery store. Couldn't find my wallet, but somebody came up beside me and said, your groceries are on me today. I know God loved me when I was at the drive-thru and I was coming on through and I got ready to give them my money. But they said, the people before you already paid for your lunch, can you say amen? I know God loved me when I was getting ready to get a house. But my God, nobody would give me a loan with an 823 credit score. Wouldn't give me a loan for my house. In this, my God, forsaken area around here. My God, when they saw a man of color pull up, wouldn't give me a loan for my house. But I, call, I talk, called them out on it. I told the last man, I say, somebody want to be blessed that's going to bless me for my house. My God had to go all the way to California to get a loan for my house. Can you say amen? Y'all might be testifying for a moment. I got about three minutes and I'm going to sit down. My God, they gave me a loan. All the other folk that refused me, they come sliding up there to my how did you get the loan? Y'all know what I told them? Ain't none of your business because you didn't want to get blessed. Somebody all the way to California wanted to be blessed. Can you say amen? I had a high interest rate. I know God loved me. If you don't even love me, they say, sir, we can't do nothing for a jumbo loan for what you need. But Lord, behold, somebody came along. I was at the right place at the right time. And I got a 2% loan for my house. I went from a six point something all the way down, down to a 2% loan. You don't hear that over Jumbo Low. Can you say amen? Y'all acting like that ain't nothing. But anybody here got less than 2% on their house right now? If you do, you ought to be getting up shouting because you know that God loves you. When man will reject you, God will love you in spite of you. He's going to do something that you cannot do on your own. Can you say amen? He'll make your enemies be at peace with you. They call themselves hating you and not liking you. But what God will do, he'll make your enemies use your enemies as a footstool for you to step up on. Can you say amen? Look at somebody and tell them neighbors. Oh, neighbor, you just look like you're ready to step up. Tell us that you look like the one that God want to use to step up. Just take your foot and say, I'm stepping up. First natural, just take your steps and say, I'm stepping up. Look at somebody and say, I'm stepping up. 
to my next level. I may not see where I'm going, but I'm walking by faith. I'm stepping up to my next level. And I'm stepping up to my next level. Take your foot and step up, cause you're going, going to your next level. Give somebody an air fire and say we're going to our next level. I'm going. I, 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 am going to my next level. Look at your neighbor and tell them you can stay down there if you want to. But if you want to go up, come on and go with me. Shout glory. Yeah. Ready for your new testimony. Ask your neighbor. Say, neighbor, are you ready? Y'all ain't saying it like I'm saying, are you ready? Are you ready? Y'all said, are you ready for your next level? Look back at him and say, I, I am, I'm ready for my next level. For my next step, I'm going up to a place I've never been before. I've never seen it before. By faith. Somebody leave back and say, by faith. By faith. I'm going to my next level. Shout yes. Shout yeah. I, I, I wasn't supposed to end it like that. Hallelujah. I wasn't supposed to end it like that. The loving church. The only thing going to cause our church to grow in these last days is going to be the love that we have for other people. Now we can decorate this place, make it look real good. I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't give God no junk, no shabbiness. No. That's fine. But you gotta have the love for one another. Watch this. Watch this. See, when we become the loving church, the loving station, Everybody that didn't get it from their own home or from, you know, the exterior, when they come in here, they get the overflow of the love that they need in their life, even though they're not getting it outside of the church. Because remember now, the church is its people. We draw love from one another. And people are going to join this church because of the love. They're not joining because they're, oh, you know, that's a nice building. I, you know, I thought, I didn't think that was the church that I thought it was. Uh, it's different. I didn't, I, I didn't think it was, I thought it was something else. But they're going to stay because of the love. It's because of the love. 
Now, I'm going to tell y'all, we got members here been, all, been here almost since its inception, 30 years. I've been here 29, 28, 27, 20, you know, 26, 25, whatever your year is. The reason why you've been staying here all this time, I'm going to tell you what it is. You, it wasn't because you just, you know, you, you were just head over heels about me or nothing. It's because of the love that you got. Now watch this. Not only that, but that love has been remained, it's been maintaining. It's been on a consistent level, that love that you've been getting since you've been here. Other people are going to be drawn in by the love that we show them. And that's what's going to sustain us. So everybody's standing. I'm done. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing.